Hi, and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. We're going to share with you part two of a review of the entire first chapter of the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Remember, Revelation is the word apocalypse, which means an unveiling. Therefore, this is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. You can learn so much just out of chapter one in the book of the Revelation. So this is the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ. This is all about his person and work in chapter one. The latter part of chapter one is a portrait of the glorified Jesus. Chapters one, two, and three is kind of just like an introduction to the prophecy of chapters 4 to 22. In light of all that's going on in Israel right now and the potential escalation into a really a major war with all the nations surrounding Israel, I would just encourage you to look at the Gospel of Luke tonight, chapter 21. Matthew, in chapter 24, Jesus answers the question, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? And then Jesus goes on and explains that in Matthew 24, verses 6 to 8, he gives those signs. He gives the sign of the um, wars and rumors of war, the famines, the pestilences, all those kind of things. And we're seeing that escalate before our very eyes. And so you would do well to read Luke chapter 21. There's a portion in Luke, though, that talks about the fact that um, Jesus does not address it in great detail as he does in Luke. And that is when you see the Jerusalem surrounded by the armies, we know that desolation is nigh. So you need to read that in light of what's going on with the the swords and all that are clamoring around Israel at this time. We are told to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And so let's do that now. Lord, we just pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You said they would prosper that loved you. And so, Lord, we just pray for the safety of all the people in the region, not those that are just Jews, but all those many nations around the world that are there. Lord, just watch over them. We know there's a hostile, hateful group, but there are also many precious people that live in that land, and we don't want anybody hurt. And so in the book of Revelation, let's go to chapter 1 as we go to the review of what we're learning so far. In verse 7, it tells us about the coming of the Lord. Behold, he cometh. He's the one that loved us in verse 5 and loosed us from our sins in his own blood. 
He made us a kingdom of priests. And so now we get in verse seven, where it tells us about the coming of our Lord. It says, he cometh with clouds. This may be the Shekinah glory cloud, or in Hebrews chapter 12, it also refers to a cloud of witnesses. When Jesus comes at the rapture, he's coming for his saints. We will be caught up to be with him in the clouds. But when he returns, he's coming with us in glory, and that'll be seven years later. So I want you to know that there are two distinct events. One where we're caught up to be with Jesus, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, John 14, and Revelation 3, 10. And then there's the tribulation, that 70th week. It's called the 70th week of Daniel, a seven-year period of tribulation. At the end of that, our Lord returns with his saints in glory. That's where every eye shall see him. So verse 7 is referring to that event. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. In Zechariah chapters 12 and 14, you can read about this glorious event. Also in the latter part of Matthew chapter 24, you can read about Christ's coming in glory. You see, not every eye will see Jesus at the rapture of the church because we will be caught up in the twinkling of an eye to be with Jesus. And so the world won't see that event, but they will see the event of him coming in glory because it tells us in Matthew that all the skies will be darkened and he will come like lightning. So that's verse seven, the coming of our Lord. And then this is Jesus. He says, I am Alpha and the Omega. Again, I'm all you need. What is your need tonight? You say, well, I need, I'm lonely or I I need help or I'm emotionally struggling or I need a physical touch from God. Well, God is all that you need and he is a mighty God and a miracle working God and there is power in the name of Jesus. About two years ago, I experienced a near-death experience and I was hospitalized for several weeks. I had an appendix that blew up or whatever happened. I don't know, but my body just filled with all kinds of toxic things. And I was genuinely on a near-death road. And all I could do during that time was to cry out to the name of Jesus. And he heard my cry. He delivered me and he healed me. And that is why there is this passion within me to share with you the word of God with the time that I have left and to call you to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
So he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. Jesus is eternal. He was here before the foundation of the earth. In Genesis 1.26, it said, And God said, the word Elohim is used there, let us make man in our image. That was the Trinitarian Council, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, before he had his uh, body, before he was incarnated, we know that he was here from the foundation of the earth. So he is the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord. And as the Father was described in verse 4, he is, he was, and he is to come. Now Jesus is given that same statement. It says he is, he was, and he is to come. He's the Jesus of the present, the past, and will be the Lord of the future. Now in verse 9, John, who also am your brother, Adelphos, out of the same spiritual womb, and companion in tribulation. You see, whatever we go through as believers, and trust me, there are people right now in countries all around the world that are suffering, and many believers suffering for Jesus. There are people right now in Israel. There are people in the Gaza Strip. There are people in Africa and Asia, everywhere, that are suffering for the cause of Jesus Christ. And so John identifies and he says, I'm your companion or your partner in tribulation. The word tribulation has the idea of to be crushed, to be pressed like grapes. And it says, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. You see, there's more to this world than just this world. We live for the kingdom of God. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So you and I live right now in this unbelievable, well, it is believable, kingdom of God. And so we have brothers and sisters. Jesus is our king, and we're part of a kingdom. And he did make us a kingdom of priests. So he says here in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, life is tough right now. Life is very, very difficult. And as we face these struggles of life to make a living, to have the strength to go on emotionally, spiritually, mentally, we must realize that we're remaining under, that's the word patience, to remain under with a beautiful attitude. So be patient for the coming of the Lord. He is coming and he is coming soon. He said, I was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. As we've learned in past teachings on this passage, that Patmos was kind of like a place where they put the prisoners and sent them to work in the mines. It was, a, I think, about eight by 10 um, square mile uh, place off of the 
coast of Turkey and off of Ephesus out in the Aegean Sea. You can look that up in your um, little atlases that sometimes come with the Bible. But he was there for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. He wasn't there for a vacation or a staycation. He was there because he refused to stop teaching about Jesus, to stop preaching the word of God and telling people about Jesus. In this day and age, sometimes you go on a Sunday and you look for a church and you sit in the church and you just don't hear the word of God taught anymore in very many sectors. But here is John, somebody that's gonna be faithful to Jesus and faithful to disseminate the word of God. He was there because he stood with Jesus. In verse 10, it says, I was in the spirit. We shared with you, this is like a spirit-like trance on the Lord's day. He was translated into the future. They call the day of the Lord is triggered by the rapture and consists of the tribulation on past that. It says, he heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega. So who is this? This is Jesus who visits John on the Isle of Patmos. He says, I'm the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches. The seven churches were in modern day Turkey where um, modern day Turkey is now. And they were in a postal route in a circular form. So when it tells us that Jesus stood in the midst of these seven candlesticks, he was referring to these seven churches, which are in Asia, under Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And we'll talk more about those churches in the days to come. It says, and I turned in verse 12 to see the voice. He was surprised and he turned to see the voice that spoke with him and being turned, he said, I saw seven golden candlesticks and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the son of man. Jesus has several different titles, son of God, son of man, here emphasizing his humanity, no sinful nature, but he came to this earth in human form conceived of the Holy Spirit, so there was no Adamic nature, no sinful nature in him. But here he's declared to be the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt about the paps with a golden girdle. This is Jesus, our Jesus, who is in the office of the high priest, our great high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. It tells us in verse 14, his head and his hair were white like wool. That's purity, that's eternity. As white as snow and his eyes were as a flame of fire, piercing, seeing through all the immorality and injustices in this world. And his feet like unto fine brass, a bronze that was burning in a furnace as you see a piece of metal heat up 
It says, and his voice is the sound of many waters. As John was on the Isle of Patmos, that's all he could hear is the crashing of the waves. And he said, this sound just permeated the entire area. Verse 16, it says he had in his right hand, he had in his right hand seven stars. Verse 20 identifies them as the seven pastors of the church and churches. And he said, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, not the short little sword of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, which is the sharp two-edged sword piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit, but the large uh, warrior sword, the Romphia sword, which he will smite the nations with. His countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. So this is Jesus in his glorified state. When I saw him, John says, I fell at his feet as dead. He laid his right hand, the hand of authority upon me, saying unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. Those who sin against God and don't want to live under his authority, Jesus is someone to be feared. But to a believer, he's not to be feared. He's to be loved. Verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead, referring to his resurrection. It says, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. That's the mighty authority that Jesus has over death and over Hades. And Hades is the intermediate place before the lake of the fire, lake of fire. Then he's told in verse 19, write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. This is the Holy Spirit's outline for the book of the Revelation. Chapter 1, the things thou hast seen, glorified Jesus. Things which are, chapters 2 and 3, the church. And things which shall be hereafter, beginning with the rapture in chapter 4 and verse 1. Verse 20 closes, it says, The mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels or the pastors, a jealous, of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So we have given you just a lightning fast kind of review of chapter one of Revelation and in our next teaching we'll be in chapter two. If you would like to uh, contact us for uh, prayer, or perhaps you would like to be somebody that would just say, I'd like to undergird this ministry, then contact me through email at this particular address, charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com. This is Pastor Earl for Pastor Earl and Friends of Faith Life. God bless you. We love you.